This is the Bad Hops Podcast, a baseball podcast where we discuss everything but the box score. So if you're looking for analysis of the on-base percentage of DJ LeMayhew or Carlos Santana's Hall of Fame chances, this is not the place. But if you find yourself looking for the jams that can make all the stadiums rock, welcome. We're your hosts. I'm Jackie Micucci. And I'm Mark Butler. And today, we are going to drop science all over the short walk from the on-deck circle to the batter's box. Welcome to Bad Hops. Thanks to Ron Lewis for that walk-up music for our own show. That's right. I'm going to be talking about organists later, but like, Big shout out for Ron. He's playing the organ for us every episode. He's playing the organ in Oregon. That's right. The stadium Oregon. (laughs) That's all we can really ask for. He's a brilliant musician, but we really, we're just in it for the puns. But so are the people of Portland. So very true. So yeah, walk up music. This is an exciting subject because you love to hate it. You either are super whipped up when you hear it. Mm-hmm. Or if you're me, you're generally like, what the hell is this? Why are they playing this song? Last year, I'll say there was a lot of Bad Bunny. I mean, he's the most popular, I think, musician, performer of, in, on the planet right now. But I, I, went, I remember last year, there was a lot of Bad Bunny across the board. Now it's, you know, now I think people have, you know, you're still saying Bad Bunny, but I think people are mixing it up. There's still a lot of Bad Country, too. But you're going you're gonna to talk about that, aren't you? Have no fear. I'm going to get into the bad country at some point. I mean, someone should just walk up to like Dolly Parton. I mean, I, I, wouldn't you love it? Like one of these guys have a sense of humor and walk up to like Jolene or something. That would be awesome. Oh, that's a spoiler. Oh, okay. Oh. Oh, all right. Your wish has been fulfilled. You, you may be disappointed in to who is fulfilling your wish. Oh, okay. Jackie, you're going to take us through a little history lesson of walk-up music before... People were blasting the tunes mm-hmm. from their playlists. Music was played in stadiums by an organ. And so that's really how walk-up music began. You're going to take us through the advent of the walk-up. And then we're going to poke around a little bit later in the episode of who's walking up to what. And maybe we'll give some suggestions as to maybe something different they can do, too. That's right. And I've got a quiz for you later because I love quizzing you. Mm, You love to see me squirm. I do. I do. I'm going to do a little history of organs at the ballpark, which will lead into the history of walk-up music because you really, you can't have one without the other because at one kind of the the evolution of walk-up music, the OG is the stadium organ, which also is still in play. I will say, though, that they used to have pep bands in the early part of the 20th century that would play at stadiums, a little bit like when you would go to a college football game. What really became part of the game was organ music. And that was not until April 26, 1941, when organ music was introduced by Ray Nelson. He made his debut at Wrigley Stadium, and he played the pipe organ there at the time. And now I'm going to quote from an article that was published on April 28th, 1941 in the Chicago Tribune. 
Mr. Nelson was obliged to still his bellows. Try saying that. Now you know why I tripped <laughs> up on that. To still his bellows at 2.30 because his repertoire includes many restricted ASCAP, which is the American Society of Composers, Authors, and Publishers, something I had not known existed, but uh, you yes, probably good, did, Mark. Good old ASCAP. ASCAP, is that how you, that how you is, say that, it? That is, that's that is okay. the, that's the faster way to say it. And it, Thank it is you. A, Acceptable language, yes. Okay, ASCAP is acceptable. I wasn't sure. It's a family family podcast. Which would have been picked up by the radio microphones hooked up a half hour before game time. The organist, it is promised, will sort his album before the Cubs return home on May 13th and will be ready to peel BMI selections exclusively. Do you know what BMI stands for? Yeah, body mass index, obviously. Obviously. so A broadcast music incorporated, I think. Something like that, yeah. I knew you would know. I, I forgot to I forgot to look up that acronym, but I figured if anyone was gonna know, it's gonna be you. Also in prospect is a cup theme song entitled When the Midnight Choo Choo Leaves for Tulsa, because are do the are the no, they're in Iowa, the Cubs. Are there are there are there a like is there a Tulsa connection to oh, I, to the Cubs that I am I unaware no, of? I, I have no idea what the farm system of the Cubs were, was in 1941, but I'm guessing it was not Tulsa. And I don't think that's a massive commuter route between Chicago and Tulsa. That would probably, by train, that would be at least 18 hours. So you best leave at midnight if you want to get there for dinner. So yeah, that was the Cubs theme song apparently back in 1941. Who knew? But anyway, I brought this up. He was the first organist. Soon there were organists throughout Major League Baseball. You had Eddie Layton for the Yankees. You had John Kiley for the Red Sox. And they also became local fixtures. People knew them, knew the songs that they were going to play, and they, were, they became a very integral part of the ballpark. That was about it for 30 years. Organists would play a mix of the national anthem, taking out to the ball game, classic charge, and a collection of organ standards. Organ is hard to say. (laughs) (laughs) Organ standards to entertain fans in between innings. And then came, and I know you know this lady, she's the OG, Nancy Faust. And Nancy Faust brought organ music to a whole new level. Now, a lot of this, this information that I'm going to relay right now is from an MLB Cut 4 article by Michael Clare. I want to give him a shout out because he wrote a very, very, very um, in-depth article about organ music and walk-up music and gives like a full rundown of the history of the two. So if you want, if, Google it if you really want to do a deep dive. Yeah, I think, and Nancy Faust really was the Beatles of yeah. stadium organs. I think... There obviously for 30 years before there were people playing the organ, but when Nancy did it, it became a whole different art form. Totally. And I mean, she wasn't a baseball fan, which is, which is hysterical. She um, joined the White Sox in 1970. Uh, She basically got the job after playing at a function that was attended by a lot of sports management people in Chicago. After sending a letter to the White Sox expressing an interest in playing the organ for the team, the team hired her. So she basically was at this event. They liked, they liked her playing. She talked about it with these folks and they were like, hey, you know, you should, what do you think? So she contacted them and she said, I bought a radio so I could hear the broadcasts and capture some of the slang, pop up, go to the showers and things like that. 
this helped me think of songs. So she would hear, like she was trying, like she was, she was doing her homework. She wanted to understand the vernacular of the game. So she started listening and seeing what could she get to go with these various things that were going on on the field and the various players. That radio also let her listen to uh, the play-by-play man and perform based off of his calls. And that was Harry Carey the infamous Harry Carey. Holy cow. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) Nancy Faust on the organ, everyone. You know, that's probably exactly what it sounded like, although maybe a little less enthusiastic. (laughs) Right. And and maybe a little more hammered. She said, I was most encouraged to keep doing what I was doing in my second year when I listened to Harry's broadcast on the radio. He would say, listen to that organist. Oh, she's playing. Carry me back to old Virginia, which she would fire up after Carrie complained about a particularly long game by telling the fans they would have to carry him out of the ballpark. (laughs) (laughs) When he said that, then this is Nancy Faust continuing her quote. I would follow up with, I'm just wild about Harry. I'd play and he'd respond. So they were basically, she was, she was having a musical conversation with Harry Carey. You know, he doesn't need, you know, actual words to be <laughs> carrying on a conversation. He can do it all by himself. That's right. Anyway, she soon realized she could play specific songs that related to each player. After Carrie referred to Frank Howard as too big to be a man, not big enough to be a horse... Faust played, I feel the earth move under my feet. I don't know how he felt about that. I think that's one of those things where it's so subtle Uh that he probably didn't make the connection, certainly if he was halfway focused on the game, but maybe somebody might have given him the business about it a little bit later. I love a, a cheeky little joke like that. I do, too. I do, too. And she was the queen of that. She once played Jesus Christ Superstar for Dick Allen. And after he homered, when the song was played, it stopped. I don't know why. (laughs) I mean, I know it was the 70s and that was a but yeah. So Dick Allen was Jesus Christ Superstar. And Dick Uh, Allen, I don't think, had long hair. I don't think he wore a robe or sandals to the game. (laughs) I think he was just good. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe he he was the Messiah of the White Sox. Absolutely. I mean, he might have been at that time. It's possible. Somebody had to be. Um, For Harold Baines, who was known to be very quiet and almost kind of shy, she would play He's So Shy. So she just kind of picked up on their characters, picked up what they were doing on the field, and she would play the songs that she thought aligned to to what was going on. You'll notice Faust's impact across the league with organists like the Braves, Matthew Kamininsky, or the Red Sox, Josh Cantor. They basically followed in her footsteps, but honestly, what she was doing was she was basically inventing walk-up music. Now you call it walk-up music, she said. I just played intro music for whoever was coming up to bat. So that is Nancy Faust and how she basically had a big impact on music at baseball games. Do you want to hear a sweet little story? Sure. When Nancy Faust sold her home organ... About five, five or six years ago. Do you know who bought it? Josh Cantor. Oh, said, that is and, sweet. And so the organ that she used to practice on at home is now what he practices on. And I will post a link to one of Josh Cantor's set lists. He takes mm-hmm. requests. and will he learn, really? He will learn songs mid-game mm-hmm. and play weird little medleys of everything from hardcore Boston punk 
to old show tunes to BTS songs. It is he is a wow. a musical polymath. It's in between batter stuff, so it's not walk up music technically, but it's right, it's, right. it's an amazing feat. And I do love that there is now a lineage between the OG of Nancy Faust and the the modern rebel Josh Cantor in Boston. I love that. I will say that I, you know, having watched Dodgers games, that whoever's the organist there also does an amazing job of of also picking up on what's going on in the field. And I know, you know, this isn't walk-up music, but just getting the mood of what's going on in the stadium. So if you want to look that up, Mark. Yeah. yeah so Dieter Rule is the organist in Los Angeles and okay. he also has a deep wealth of musical knowledge that he draws from, but he always ends every one of his songs with the do, 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 let's go Dodgers theme. It gets a little tiresome for me, oh, but I, you'll never hear me saying let's do. go Dodgers. I guess they do. I guess they do. I don't know. I, I'm going to have to pay attention because I didn't notice that. I just thought that it was spot on, that that great job with what's going on, with paying attention to what's going on in the field and then coming up with the music for it. So, but, you know, Nancy, OG, Nancy Faust. <laughs> I'll get into the history now of modern walk-up music, what we think of now with the players. That actually came about thanks to a little something that had to do with your Seattle Mariners, Mark. (laughs) This may not be my Seattle Mariner, but (laughs) I I know where you're going with this. Modern walk-up music, as we know, it really didn't take off. I'm talking about where players are actually picking their music because they used to also play music, you know, back in the seventies too. Like there was, you know, the organist, but then like Sparky Lyle, he would, he would come up to a pomp and circumstance. Like, well, he would come out to, to pitch to that. But you know, a lot of times this was being chosen by other people. And the same thing with Nancy Faust, like she was choosing this music in the nineties. That's when players started to actually request their own music. According to Mariner's senior vice president of marketing and communications, Kevin Martinez, he said, we were kind of in the mode of thinking, how do you take the organ and do it with recorded music? Then probably in 1992, they all started to blur together. We started hitting Jay Buhner with Bad to the Bone, but that was just the guitar riff. And then we started adding the lyrics, bad. They also had hip hop hooray for Ken Griffey Jr. I wasn't here in the '90s, so I have no idea. Apparently, the fans would throw their hands in the air. Oh yeah, it was a it was an old school jamboree at the Kingdom. There were there were a lot of like swaying back and forth, hip hop hooray. Oh, <laughs> can't sing anymore for legal reasons, also okay. for taste reasons. Well, just in general. Then by 1993, the Mariners, everyone had a song that they were coming to the plate with. And while this married popular recorded music with a theme for every player, the players still had not quite had their say yet. So this is 1993. But soon after, other teams were following Seattle's lead. For example, Mets hitting coach Chili Davis remembered that he started getting music played for his at-bats in the late 80s and the early 90s. And he said, I remember being in Anaheim. I didn't request it. I remember a guy played George Clinton's Atomic Dog for him. And when he came up to the plate. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. But then, this is where it all starts to happen. In the spring of 1994, before a Sunday afternoon game, the Phillies' Lenny Dykstra 
summoned John Brazer, who at the time had just taken over um, stadium music duties. He summoned him to the field. Brazer thought, oh my God, I'm in trouble. What did I do? I just started this job. Lenny Dykstra wants to talk to me. I mean, it's never good when Lenny Dykstra it's Even tempered Lenny Dykstra. Oh, wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be worried <laughs> if, as long as my car was running and I could, and the door was unlocked. <laughs> exactly. He gets called to the field. Dykstra's actually checking fly balls during this whole thing. And he turns to Brazer, and this is a direct quote. Dude, we got to change things up. Dude, when I'm in the batter's box, I want you to play Hootie and the Blowfishes, Hold My Hand. Because <laughs> that's the that's the jam that's going to turn it around. Apparently, this was all coming from the mind of Lenny Dykstra. Dykstra then said he wanted... Becky, you, to- just, you just looked over your shoulder. Are you uh, worried that Lenny Dykstra... <laughs> Is, I am actually it's coming I am after you. That, that Lenny Dykstra is coming after me. It's true. I mean, it's it is possible, <laughs> but that's okay. After you know they played Hootie and the Blowfish, hold my hand. He wanted Tom Petty's "I Won't Back Down." That would be for his second at bat. Okay, all right. Oh, yeah, a, a curated menu. Yeah, he had a curated menu, but wait, he said, so Brazer then asked him, so now what about the third time? Like, do you want something else, you know, when you come, when you come to bat the third time? He thinks about it for a little bit. And then Dykstra says, you played that song, Philadelphia Freedom, play that one, which, you know, makes sense. They're in Philadelphia, right? So Philadelphia sure. Freedom. So the, the tennis song, but that's, that's fine. It's a good, yeah. it's also a good Philly jam. So sure. Yeah, it's a good Philly jam. And that's how it organically evolved from there, from Lenny Dykstra. And within a year, it reached a point where a rookie named Derek Jeter requested This Is How We Do It by Montel Jordan before his first at bat in June of 1995. So by that point, by 1995, everybody, even a lowly rookie, was picking their walk-up music. And of course, then this led us down the slippery slope where until this season, where we're now free of the curse, Kyle Seeger would play those just wretched country jams. Same one about, every time. Same. No, it was the same song. I've sat no, he, through that song. Did he, he, did he mix did, it he, up? He, he, he switched it up. Similar themes, pick up drugs and good times on a Friday night. Ooh. But yeah, they were. I think they were technically two different songs. And I they were really kind of mumbly. Mm-hmm. But a uh, country song, so you just kind of picked up on keywords about good times and Chevys and stuff like that. Oh, I'm glad I don't have to hear those songs anymore. And yeah, we've gotten to the point where there are Spotify playlists. I mean, when I was doing research for this, uh, when I was looking up various players' walk-up music, like right on the MLB sites for the various teams, although it's not always current. And the thing is that they do, they will mix it up throughout the year because, you know, I'll go to enough games where I'm like, oh, that's not, that's definitely not the song. And also you'll have more than one song that they could come up to bat to. Some keep the same song for every at bat, some mix it up. I like the ones that, you know, do something a little different, but we'll get into that later. I do appreciate somebody that is essentially, this is kind of like what Babe Ruth did when he called that shot, Mm -hmm. you know, pointed to the fence. You call the right song, maybe you're going to rise to greatness. Yeah. Or maybe you're going to lower yourself to the depths of John Goodman's movie, The Babe. It's it's entirely possible that will happen as well. Since I have to get that in there somewhere. Hey, we'll be back in just a second, but maybe Ron, could you play us a little song before we come back?
Mark, you're going to tell us why your walk-up music doesn't work. I feel like this is a segment that is perfectly suited for you. It's very, very easy to say that walk-up music doesn't work because the song sucks. But there's so many other reasons why it doesn't work. First of all, like, what is the whole point of having a walk-up song? To me, it's kind of like war drums. You're sending a signal to the enemy of a pending threat while you're boosting your own crew, getting everybody whipped up. You play the song and everybody recognizes it and they know that you're coming up to bat or they know you're coming out of the bullpen. You're getting the enemy scared. You're getting your people totally hyped. You're really trying to have your own distinct personal identity, kind of like how Marvel and Star Wars movies and characters now have their own individual themes that recur throughout a movie. You set the tone for your personality and your attitude by playing the right song. Are you a wild man? Are you a streetwise cool guy, an aw shucks cowboy like Kyle Seeger? But ultimately, I think when walk-up music is really working, it's just a brand identity. You're really finding that one song indelibly associated. So if I were to do a little word association with you, and if I were to say Enter Sandman, you would obviously say... Mariana Rivera. Yes, because he made that song his even though he didn't pick the song. <laughs> he said he would have picked a, a Christian rock song. It was, But once it became his, it was kind of, it was that. Well, he wore it well. He did wear it well. And I think and he, it worked. He made it his. He, he did. And I, it worked for him because of his style, right? Like if you listen to the lyrics of Enter Sandman, it's, you know, basically he's putting you to sleep, but he's doing it in a very gentle way, even though he's basically, you know, killing you. <laughs> yes. It's good to remember there are some gentle aspects of that song. <laughs> yes, there, but but yeah, so it made sense. I think the main place that we'll start with on why walk-up music doesn't work, it's the venue. Stadiums are terrible. The sound in stadiums is awful. Jackie, you and I saw Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers at Safeco Field. We did. But I don't know that we heard Tom Petty at Safeco Field. In fact, there was one song where the sound completely cut out. I, I forgot about that. That's right. We saw Tom Petty and Mike Campbell and like in the whole band, like little tiny people on the jumbotrons doing something, but we couldn't hear anything that they were doing. When the sound was restored, it wasn't necessarily that great because the sound was ping-ponging off of all of these weird angles inside of a stadium. The way a baseball stadium is built is for a ball to travel. It's not meant for sound to travel. So there are certain parts of a stadium that just eat up sound. Mm -hmm. And then there are other parts, especially when the outfield walls just go out into the, the neighborhood, the sound just dissipates and it just travels and just becomes this dull roar. Tom Petty traveled with multiple audio engineers with the ability to make some corrections, but even then the sound was kind of muddy at best. I was super excited for that show and I'm glad we went, but... I didn't exactly get the delight that I was hoping for. And if that's with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, just imagine with somebody playing a song off of a CD. Right. It's just not going to travel well. That pre-recorded walk-up song is going through the same sound system with the same settings as everyone else's song. And so if you're playing a reggaeton song that's real bass heavy versus a country song that's a little more trebly, the sound system is going to be somewhere in between handling that. So if you're not careful with your song selection, you're going to lose it into the outfield too. And it's going to sound just like mud to folks. And if it sounds like mud, how's that going to get anybody whipped up? 
The other thing you got to think about is you got to make an instant impact, right? You get five to 10 seconds maximum. You have to have a familiar song that registers immediately, or you have to have a brash iconoclastic jam that works and makes it yours. That something like when Missy Elliott first hit, those songs were so weird that in the first two to three seconds, you're like, I don't know what this is, but this is making me stop and, and listen. Putting your thing down, flipping and reversing it. That's right. Now you want to sing the backwards part? I'd love to hear you try. I use, honestly, I used to be able to do it, but it's oh, been man. a while. That sounds like a karaoke challenge. All right. And I'm I'm in I'm in for it. Okay, well I'll have to I'll have to practice. I have to start listening to it again. Whether it's classic rock or hip hop or things like that, you're looking for big hooks and big riffs. Led Zeppelin always works. ACDC always works. Old school hip hop with a loud sample that's built off of a breakbeat makes a big difference. I mentioned five to 10 seconds. There is a rule. And of course, when I talk about music, I love to talk about rules because that's what I, all I really care about is how can we enforce rules, impose rules on rock and roll and hip hop. MLB says that any musical clip used to introduce a batter should start immediately after the public address announcement and should stop when the batter reaches the dirt cutout surrounding home plate. Music clips between pitches should be limited in order to not encourage the hitter to leave the batter's box. Fair, because sure. the game could conceivably go to six hours if somebody keeps leaving the batter's box so he can hear his walk-up song again. It's a short walk. I think I looked at the number of feet from the on-deck circle to the batter's box, and I think even if you're a slow poke, it's 14 seconds max, even if you're milking that walk-up music. You have to make an immediate impact. The more dynamics that you have, the better. A lot of modern country and modern hip-hop and R&B suffers from having too many layers. There's just literally synthesizers on top of other synths and, and guitars, and it's just kind of already muddy if you're listening on headphones. Again, going through those big sound systems is just going to make it worse. Stuff like The Who or Led Zeppelin or Run DMC or the Humpty Dance, things like that, that all works. There's a lot of dropouts, a lot of breakdowns, a lot of grooves, big riffs, big hooks. It's simple, and the simpler the song, the better it translates to big speakers. Oh, and the other thing is if you haven't carved out, out that song for yourself, you've got to watch out for overexposure. Like two years ago, I heard way too many people use Old Town Road. Yeah, if something is too popular, then you might want to think about going in another direction. Little Nos X is awesome, but we're all over Old Town Road. So be picky and find something that's yours. Really put your weight into it. Find something that is quintessentially yours and not just, oh, I heard somebody else play this song and I liked it. How do you feel about, because I know there are a couple of players and they're usually um, they're usually not the, the major superstars. They'll actually have their play their friend's song, like a song that one of their friend's band recorded or has somehow a meaning to them. Can you get behind that, that if it's not like a major musician that, that they're using? Oh, yeah. I, I actually, I love the idea. If it has an immediacy to it, right? And I think that's the challenge, that if a friend gives you something, you might feel obligated to play it. Mm -hmm. Just like how when we were in college and you had a friend in a band, you had to go to their show even if their band sucked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. That was a, a very resigned sigh. But yeah, because you were up late and you were at a place you didn't want to be at, right? That's yeah. generally how it works. I love the idea. You know, Ichiro had his own song. 
at one point that these DJs put together and it was just basically someone yelling Ichiro sampled. And so it was all stuttered and things like that, but <laughs> it started playing. It's like Ichiro, I- 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 Ichiro. It's like, okay, I'm in. I don't know what the song is, but it is a jam and I'm feeling it. So I, I love that. Yeah, no, I like that too. I, I think it's nice. I think it's, you know, it's personalized because it's not, you're not going to hear it coming and going. It's not going to be, you know, and, and it's also somebody, you know, which is kind of cool. I think it's a fantastic leg up for somebody too, because if the song does work, if it's a super, super turbo jam, hey, what an amazing way to make your breakthrough into the, into the biz. For sure. Well, I do have one more reason for why your walk-up music doesn't work. And I've consulted all of the ethnomusicology research that I could dig up. If the reason that your walk-up song doesn't work, it probably is because your song sucks. Just simple. Sorry. Yeah, it's it's simple. It's simple math, you guys. All right. Hey, I think we're going to have Ron play us another song, and then we are going to come back. Actually, Jackie's going to come back, and I'm going to leave. But we'll find out exactly what's gotten under my skin when we're back after Ron plays us another song. I am going to quiz Mark which is something I love to do. I love to quiz Mark because I I enjoy seeing him squirm a little. You're you're a real quiz marquee. I am. Oh, yes, I am a quiz marquee. And and nobody beats your quiz. (laughs) Go ahead. You should do it in threes. Do you have another one? Come on. No, you don't. Don't choke. Don't choke. (laughs) We're off to see the quizzard. I knew you had it in you. I knew you had it in you. All right, Mark, I am going to quiz you on five current players. I'm going to name three songs, and you're going to pick which one you think is their current walk-up song. Okay, I just want to point out, so five players. Five different players. Two for five would make me a league leader if I was batting. So, okay, I just need to get two, all right? Yeah, you Bring just it need on. to get to it. I think you can do it. I have, I have faith in you, especially if you were doing any sort of research. You might have come across a couple of these. First player, Jock Peterson. Good old Jocktober man of pearls. And- oh, Diamonds and Pearls by Prince. <laughs> you know, if only. It's, it, no, no. Eh, is that your final answer? Do you want me to give you the choices? Oh, I think, I, I think I'd like to get the choices on this one. Okay, here we go. I'm going to get three to choose from. Number one. Truth Hurts by Lizzo. Number two, No Scrubs by TLC. Or number three, Dancing Queen by ABBA. Wow. Well, Jock, even if two of them aren't right, it's a pretty solid list to draw from. I'm going to say, based on Jock's style and age, I'm going to say Truth Hurts by Lizzo. Eh. Actually, actually, he just, this is, there was actually some articles about this. He just picked Dancing Queen by ABBA because it's fun. (laughs) That was his, which I love, which I love. That's, that's phenomenal. So I feel like I won that one just because Chuck Peterson picked Dancing Queen, (laughs) even though I didn't. (laughs) Okay. Oh, for one. All right. Aaron Judge. Here we go. First one. Hello by Pop Smoke. Number two, Boogie Nights by Heatwave. Number three, Empire State of Mind by Jay-Z. I'm going to say, even though it should be Here Comes the Judge, I'm going to say that it's the first one, the Pop Smoke song. You got it. You got it. Very <gasps> My good. My God. 
You okay. got it. You I'm retiring. And it, and it was a trick question because he also has used Boogie Nights by Heatwave, but Pop Smoke is his new one. And there is a there. And if I went and I looked, I was like, I haven't heard this song. There's a lyric in it that says something about being the king of New York. So that's definitely why he's picking it. <laughs> okay, no no ego involved. None whatsoever. I would have been delighted to choose the Heatwave song because it is a jam. Yes, it is. It is. When I first heard that he was using Boogie Nights, I love that. But he just recently changed to this one. So I'm like, all right, whatever. But Boogie Nights, was that was great. Moving on. Another famous slugger in New York, Pete Alonzo. Number one, Protect Your Neck by Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> Number two, Hypnotize by the Notorious B.I.G. Or number three, All the Small Things by Blink-182. If I were to ask you to use this in a sentence, (laughs) would you say that Pete Alonzo's swing is B.I.G.? I do know it's hypnotized. You do? Okay, okay. So you had had come across that one. All right. Yes. Well, we'll we'll give you you a half point for that. Half a point? Just because I knew the answer? Yeah, because you looked it up, right? I didn't look it up for the quiz. Oh, fine, fine. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Two for three. Two for three. Doing well. Doing well. Manny Machado, here are your choices. Is it Otis by Jay-Z, Power by Kanye West, or... Dakiti by Bad Bunny. The only song I can think of when I think of Manny Machado is our friend Shane rewrites the lyrics to uh, Esquivel's Mucho Muchacha <laughs> to Manny Machado. Do, 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 do. But that's not a choice. It's not a choice, sadly. I'm going to go with the bunny on this one. Eh, it was actually Jay-Z. Otis okay. by Jay-Z. You're doing well. You're two for four. Two for four. That would be about 500. So here we go. Finally, going to bring in a mariner here. Okay. Ty France. Does he come up to one, Good Life by Kanye West, two, Thrift Shop by Macklemore and Ryan Lewis, or three, Round Here by Florida Georgia Line? Ooh. I think... I can rule out Macklemore because I think the only people that actually like Macklemore anymore are the Seattle Mariners marketing department. <laughs> I know. I'm very mad at them for ditching Louis Louis for Macklemore. So is Ty France hip hopper or is he a country dude? Oh, I'm going to say Kanye. Very good. He's from California, so he's not a country dude. So yes, he comes up to Good Life by Kanye West. Very hey, good, Mark. You did a good Buck job. Owens was a California dude. Just saying. I well, thank yeah. you. Three for five. I'm I'm yeah. I'm kind of surprised. Look at that. Look at that. And I yeah, I mixed it up here. And on and to be honest with you, some of the songs that I've mixed in here are other other players walk up music. So all of these (laughs) songs have been used. Honestly, I felt like the only one that felt like you were making up a song was Dancing Queen. And that turned out to actually be the walk up music because that's that one felt like that would go on a first round. Who wants to be a millionaire quiz? Yeah, but I think if you think of Jock Peterson, that's why I had that mix in there, because I feel like he he I mean, he might come up to a Lizzo song. I, I don't think he'd be opposed to it. So there you go. Nicely done, Mark. Nicely done. Well, thank you. Yeah, I was a little worried because I know 
know, you get the claws out sometimes on these quizzes. I was a little scared, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of shocked. Yeah. And honestly, some of the songs, like I was going through some of the players and just kind of a little underwhelmed by the music. So I was trying to, trying to go with, with some folks who were doing interdispersing interesting things with not so interesting things. I, I wish I someone came that. up to Wu-Tang. I mean, do you think so? I hope so. I mean, I don't know if anyone's ever come up to Wu-Tang. It's always had someone must You know, have, right? it's, it's weird that we don't hear that kind of swaggery hip hop. I think a lot of newer stuff just to me doesn't have that punch. Like I would love to see somebody walk up to Insane in the Brain by Cypress Hill. I feel like that passes the five to 10 second rule. Everybody's up and dancing. It's also just a weird squelchy screechy sample that they're looping, but that's part of what makes the song. So yeah, where's where's my old schoolers at? I want more of the 80s, 90s jams. You can play the modern stuff if that really gets you motivated, but then I want to see it hit some home runs if you're picking the songs. There, I mean, there are a lot of great Latin music too. I just did not want to mangle the Spanish pronunciations of some of these songs. So I stayed away from that. Otherwise I could have really tried to trip you up, but really just more, I didn't want to embarrass myself with a with bad Spanish. You have some of your favorite walk-up songs. I do. In addition to Dancing Queen, which in, I think which is, might, might also be your walk-up song. I mean, it's it's definitely, I think it might be my new fave now. But uh, these are some that I looked up in the, in the past. Players, you know, they changed them out. But I like a couple of them here. I like when players are trying to send a message. So um, one of the songs that I really enjoy, Anthony Rizzo, before he he went to the Yankees, when he was with the Cubs, his walk-up song was Bad Blood by Taylor Swift. So basically... He was he was trying to he was trying to send a message because it was before the Cubs had had resigned him. So and he was a little salty about it. And I appreciate that he picked T Swift, who we've talked about on a prior episode. That's right. I'm trying to get the Swifties, wherever you are, Swifties, please like and subscribe to Bad Hops, wherever podcasts are podcasted. Apparently he currently comes up to Rock the Casbah by the Clash. So he is kicking it old school with his walk-up song. Respect to a diverse set of jams as well. Because it's like, oh, I played a Kanye song and then a different Kanye song. It's like, yeah, that's really kind of... Yeah, Kanye, That's not, that's not a balanced diet. Yeah, I mean, and Jay-Z, not as much anymore, but there was a period of time where, like, all the big boys were coming up to a Jay-Z song. I think they were all hoping to get signed by Jay-Z, right? That's For true. His, there was that going on. His whole sports agency thing. Is he still in that business? Or is he still know. only repping Robinson Cano, the minor league... <laughs> Prospect. Is he, is he still playing with the Chihuahuas? Or I did have, he get cut from them as well? I've turned off my Robinson Cano alerts. I mean, it was really just the uniform when I saw that picture of him in the SpongeBob <laughs> uniform. It's like, oh, Robinson, how the mighty have fallen. The mighty have fallen. All right. I've got another one for you. Another, another cubby reference here. Chris Bryan came up to Chris Cross's Warm It Up. Because it's got warm it up, Chris, in it. So I, I like when, you know, it kind of plays back to you, right? Are there any good songs about injuries? Because I think that would suit 2022 Chris Bryant. I mean, yeah, where is Chris Bryant now? <laughs> yeah, he's not walking up much. To anything. Yeah. <laughs> to anything. 
The other song that, and I, a lot of people have heard, uh, Careless Whisper by George Michael, which Josh Reddick originally started oh, doing that in Oakland. Amazing. And that's become a thing. And yeah. that be- became a thing. Uh, it started as a joke and then it became a thing. And I like that he embraced it. Why not? He made it an anthem. And that, uh, listen, it's a great song, but it's not a jock jam. Well, Dancing no. Queen, da- Dancing Queen is a jock jam. Now. Dancing Queen is definitely, <laughs> but you know, it has like the very beginning of Dancing Queen, like that whole, right? Like, like just, I mean, you know exactly. I heard that described as a million dollar keyboard swipe. Oh, that really? Whole, that, the, the big, like, that, like you're just running yeah. your fingers down the keyboard. And remember Prince Fielder? Is he still playing? He's not still playing. He Did he retire? Did he officially retire or is he still playing? Prince Fielder, I think, retired quite a long time ago. Okay. Possibly 10 plus years ago. What's uh, he retired in 2016. He retired in 2016. So it was a while ago. That's right. He had that. So he had neck injuries. See, you have the Google machine. You can look up things in a second. <laughs> anyway, take Prince Fielder from the top. I'm going to take Prince Fielder. And I, I appreciate this, even though we're, you know, he's, he's poor guy is sitting on the couch somewhere. He would come up to Lacrimosa, which by the way, is Latin for weeping or tearful, and he came up to um, Lacrimosa, which is from Mozart's Requiem. So he, which is very dramatic. And I yeah. mean, like some of this, like anything, like Mozart's Requiem, there are a lot of pieces of that, of that composition that are very dramatic. So I, I kind of appreciate that. And also just coming up to like a, a funeral mass. I don't know, if, is that supposed to be like boding well? Is that like the picture that you're making a statement about or yourself? <laughs> I did not include classical music in my review of why walk-up music does or doesn't work, but it definitely works. I actually heard the Lacrimosa at a Brewers game in Milwaukee quite a long oh, time ago Okay, when Prince Fielder came up, and my boy hit a triple after that, and people's breath was taken away by the, the music, and then all of a sudden their breath was taken away by the rumbling in the stadium of this big boy going for third and making it it was a it was a magical moment really kind of in the i feel like the walk-up music really underscored the sense of drama in the game mm-hmm. and then the the payoff was the the crowd going nuts so it was really a, it was a wonderful combination of things exactly uh and then one more i have an honorable mention i don't know if this is warm-up music for a pitcher don't know if he's still using it but noah syndergaard he would warm up to carmina barana by trans-siberian orchestra so i don't know if that's good or bad because we all know how we you know how you feel about the trans-siberian orchestra yeah not my cup of tea but bombastic it works or you could you're... just come up to bombastic that's a good song to use <laughs> that's true <laughs> or la bomba <laughs> no, Bombastic is better than La Bamba. Fair. I had a couple of things that just tickled me okay. when I was going through the 2022 walk-up list. Austin Riley from the Braves walks up to the Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestling theme. Sure. You know, again, I'm going to go for the lazy joke every time, and that's of a course. pretty lazy joke. But It is very lazy you know, Austin joke. Riley, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. I love it. I'm going to quiz you on this one. This could go either way. There's a guy called Michael Myers. Do you know what he walks up to? Is it the theme from Halloween? It is the theme from Halloween. I the love original, that. The original John Carpenter super spooky, super sparse synth jam. I love that. that, yeah, that I'm and all I, for that. I guarantee they play that song. He's a pitcher for the Angels. I, when he comes up to the mound and they play that song, 
you know everybody's going to put down what they're doing. They're going to stop shelling those peanuts, and they're going to be like, "What's wait, what's wait? There's a guy called Mike Myers. Oh, my God. And then Josh Harrison from the White Sox. You mentioned uh, Boogie Nights by Heat Wave mm-hmm. uh, for Aaron Judge. Josh Harrison from the White Sox walks up to Before I Let Go by Frankie Beverly and Mays, which is like one of the most like old school, quiet storm, let me love up on you kind of jams. And it's just like, it's so not motivational, but it's just like such a, it's just such a, uh, in Chicago, we used to call those dusties. Like the old old school jams that would just kind of get you, oh yeah. A little kind of in the Barry White vein. Just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense for baseball. So that's why I love it. Well, I'll give you that. I have some suggestions. I got some, and if you want to jump in on this too, I've got some makeovers. Some makeovers for for walk-up music. Can I bring up one that actually just came to mind? I remember this. uh, Wilson Bediment, who played for the Yankees for a little bit. um, He used to walk up to Pearl Jam's Can't Find a Better Man, which basically sounded like, can't find a better man. It sounded like Betterman. So that's why he walked. So I thought that was original. Really sounded like it was, if you listen to it, because he says it's so fast and garble, it sounds like he's saying his last name. And he would come up to that particular, that was the riff that was playing when he'd walk up. I've got a couple modern examples, and then I got. I want to go back and sort of retrofit for some of the old, old timey boys because we haven't talked enough about the 19th century in this episode tonight. No, we really Probably haven't because the organ wasn't invented until the 20th century. Mike Trout, who currently walks up to "Astronaut in the Ocean" by Masked yeah. Wolf, which sounds like an AI-generated title and band name. I think it is. That would make sense for him, though. I mean, I think he's kind of an AI-generated player, at least his personality. I originally wrote this down as a joke, and then I went back and listened to it. I'm like, no, this is actually, this is going to work. He Uh should walk up to Trout by Nina Cherry and Michael Stipe from 1992. I think you should get in touch with his people. Yeah, it's got a real kind of like like lazy start, Mm -hmm. uh, kind of like the guitars build up, and then it kind of resolves into Led Zeppelin's When the Levee Breaks drums about a minute in. So you, you focus on that part, and it's a song called Trout. I think that would really work well. Shohei Otane currently walks up to Do or Die by Afrojack and 30 Seconds to Mars. Yeah. So the Because I Got High guy and Jared Leto. I know. I, I saw that, too. I was like, When I was looking, when I was trying to pick guys for the quiz, I was like, yeah, I can't know. <laughs> so that's not going to work, but we'll record it for him. But we uh, basically just sing the O'Reilly Auto Parts jingle and change O'Reilly to Otani. I think it would be a hell of a walk-up song. I mean, there's a reason why jingles were popular. They they get in your head and you remember them. Yeah. Oh, 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 Tani. Dylan Cease, my boy Deceased, currently walks up. Well, he doesn't walk up. He, he, he takes the mound. Mm-hmm. He, my boy Dylan Cease, up. but let, let me tell you how he approaches the batting box. He doesn't. Because I, he's, he's a pitcher. Yes, he is. He comes to the mound to the, the tune of Homecoming by Kanye West. But I think he should do Wave of Mutilation by the Pixies because the opening line is cease to resist, given my goodbyes. I'm going to send a message. Dylan Cease is going to be a Wave of Mutilation to every opposing batter. Finally, a new guy with the Brewers who walks up to De-Stress by Revolution, another AI-generated mess. Of course, I'm talking about Jason Alexander from the Milwaukee Brewers. And of course, you know what song he should walk up to. Are you thinking the Seinfeld theme? Obviously. Yeah. 
Will they get it in Milwaukee? I mean, has it, it's been too long. Did people watch it? <laughs> I think it's still on in prime time in Milwaukee. I think so. Okay. Just checking. Yeah, that would that would be cool. From the old-timey perspective, you know, I went back and looked at, tried to find a lot of good Scott Joplin songs, some uh, maybe some <laughs> Igor Stravinsky compositions. I did find John Philip Sousa, the great march leader. Mm-hmm. I, he had a song that the... My boys, the Brooklyn Bridegrooms, should have used as a team jam, which is, you'll miss a lot of fun when you're married. That's good. Or they could have just, you know, the whole team could have come out onto the field to the wedding march. Exactly. Exactly. Ty Cobb, the Georgia Peach, mm-hmm. should have walked up to Peaches by the President's United States of America. None of the band was born for 50 years after Ty Cobb died, but that's just nitpicking. Or maybe anything by Peaches herself. That would be even better. Of course, most of it having couldn't get to the lyrics. Does she do anything that isn't filled with dirty potty language? Real talk is what we call it. Okay. Mickey Mantle, that's a little easy. Tony Basil. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Mickey, you're so fine. He'd hate that song, by the way. He would absolutely hate that song. Which makes me love it even more. I would be remiss if I didn't somehow try to bring up Mordecai Three Finger Brown. Of course. So I'm going to suggest ACDC's Put the Finger on You. Oh, okay. actually sounds really gross because it's like... It does sound very gross. Is it a finger that's still attached or one that's no longer? Finally, Pie Trainer, a great Hall of Fame player. American Pie by Don McLean's a little too on the nose. So I'm going to suggest either Cherry Pie by Warrant. Okay. Custard Pie by Led Zeppelin because I, I feel like Led Zepp works perfectly in stadiums. Yeah, those other two, American Pie, no. You know, to your point with why your walk-up music doesn't work, I feel like not just the intimidation factor, but also just to pump you up, right? Get yourself excited. American Pie is just, it's not motivating me. Not motivating me at all. Before we have Ron play us another song, I wanted to circle back. You had given me Truth Hurts by Lizzo as a Mm -hmm. possible answer for Jock Peterson, and I wanted to quiz you now. Do you know who recently walked up to Truth Hurts by Lizzo. I don't, but I do know that someone did. I just don't remember who it was. That is our boy Joey Votto from the Cincinnati Reds. That was his 2021 walk-up music. But as promised, bring a little closure here, his 2022 walk-up music is Jolene by Dolly Parton. Very nice. I like it. Way to go, Joey Votto. All-star first baseman and apparently now all-star TikToker, Joey Votto. Oh, he's on TikTok? Apparently he's very good at TikTok. Oh, I'll have to follow him then. I do like my TikToks. All right. Ron's going to play us another song. Choose your, your own poison here, and then we will be back to give a few more parting thoughts. I really am enjoying the organ music that Ron, he's got nimble fingers. Yeah, makes me want to... For sure. So, Mark, one of the things, I mean, everybody likes to do, right, is decide what your theme music would be or your walk-up music would be. So have you given thought to what what would be your walk-up music? And, you know, you don't have to just pick one because a lot of players come up to several different songs. So what what would your walk-up music be? Obviously, Jackie, you and I have never met before if you tell me that I don't have to just pick one. (laughs) I was just, I was lobbing it over to you. I've got a wheelbarrow full of choices, but I'll I'll try to keep it short. I actually did have a walk-up song. When I worked in the publishing industry and I was presenting at a sales conference, 
I was given the task of how do we make this more interesting? And I said, well, it's a sales conference, so it won't be. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. But I said, you know, people like music, the right kind of music motivates people. And so I made a playlist for the whole conference. And I said, oh, but before you introduce me, I want a walk-up song. And I chose the theme from Shaft, which... Well, that, that's a good one. A nice bit of overblown funky wah-wah guitar. It felt good. It felt good to hear that being played very loudly before I walked up to the microphone and then proceeded to forget what I was going to say. <laughs> I want to have fun. Mm-hmm. I want to stick to my own recipe here that it has to be memorable. It has to have an immediate impact and it has to have a big hook. There are two songs that I love that are driven by bass lines. So the first one is Buddy by De La Soul, which is an old school hip hop classic. It's built off of the bass line from Heartbeat by Tana Gardner, which is a great old club jam from the early 80s. It's just fun. It just puts you in a groove state of mind in the same vein genius of love by the tom tom club if you hate that song we got problems because that is an instant party that's like flipping a switch and everybody's in a better mood so those are my choices what are you thinking about what do you want to walk up to well i do love my girl lizzo but you know i would pick something that's not quite as common i would pick worship by lizzo which has a really good riff you know when you you know when you walk up it's like that help boom 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 perfect motivate you also i'm going to be a star player so you should worship me send in a message i'm sending you're, a message you're passing my sniff test of big That's hook right. big but hook. i also i love that it's not a lizzo song that well not like everybody else is playing lizzo songs but at least you're not playing the same one that joey Votto used to play exactly and it's not you know lizzo is very popular now and there are definitely you know several of her songs that have gotten a lot of I don't know, is there airplay anymore? But anyway, I mean, do people listen to the radio? I don't know. But if you go on Spotify, Worship is not going to be probably in the top five of her songs, but I think it's an amazing song. And full disclosure, I had to do a video of my former my former job. We were doing videos talking about diversity and inclusion. We were using music to start, you know, we'd have a little intro and that was that's the song I picked was Worship. Love it. Yeah. I love it. It is a statement of identity when you have a song that's your song. I mean, ultimately, if we go back to the mixtape days, right, this is essentially what is what song is yours, even if it's a song that you're sharing with thousands and thousands of other people, that it might also be their song. When you can define yourself through something like that, it's just that much more powerful. Then I go with something a little bit more old school and, and just speaks to me. I would go with Joan Jett's Bad Reputation. A good classic rock song, right? I mean, it's got a good good riff. I always like the players who are a little bit petulant, like the back in the day, like Paul O'Neill. Like I like the bat flipping, angry Josh Donaldson type of players. So I think Bad Reputation I would would work for me. We haven't picked any country songs. I will not be picking any country songs. I would have picked Jolene. Uh, Jolene was would definitely be on my short list, but since Joey Votto is using it, I, I, I think I, I need to use something else. If I were to go old school, I would go like real old school. For whatever reason, I just like this song and it might make more sense if, for example, you, uh, <laughs> you were getting intentionally walked. Peggy Lee's Pass Me By. It's kind of a silly song. It's got like, it's got that kind of marching beat to it. It makes me happy. I don't know if it's like really a pump up song, but from a, like a standpoint of getting you, you know, 
but it, it makes me happy. So it'd make me happy to come up to the plate to Peggy Lee's pass me by and everyone would be like, what the heck is that? <laughs> I think if I had to pick a country song, I'd go with Fist City by Loretta Lynn, just because it's a badass song. And it's also kind of a Fist City close down the honky tonk kind of song. Yeah. Fist so. City is definitely a good one. Our promise to you, dear listeners of the Bad Hobbs podcast, we will figure out a way by the time this episode drops to play some of these songs for you. We are unable to fold these into the mix because that would make the episode a million hours long and also probably get us in any number of legal Legal uh, problems, tidal pools of hot lava. But we'll put YouTube links or Spotify playlists. And because I do really want you to be able to hear that John Philip Sousa, You'll Miss Lots of Fun When You're Married song from 1890, because that uh, I think Real you, will, toe tapper. you will find that when Fernando Tatis Jr. comes back from the IL, that that's the song he's going to want to walk up to. But I don't think he's got the guts to do it. Is he ever coming back from the aisle? <laughs> That's why I can that make this idle. I can make this idle threat precisely because he may never come back. He may never. I mean, it's feeling that way. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to be back this season. It's not looking too good. I it's heard really that he not. has not yet been able to swing a bat, and it is almost July, mid-season of twenty. Yeah, we are very close to July right now. So yeah, I'm thinking we're not seeing him anytime soon. But vote for him for the All Star Game. Hey, I think Ron is going to play us one more song, and then we're going to bring it on home. All right. The fans are heading home. The grounds crew is on the field, and we will see you next time at the ballpark. That's our pal Ron Lewis on the stadium organ, and I'm Mark Butler. And I'm Jackie Micucci. And this was Bad Hops. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or account of this podcast without the express written consent of Bad Hops is prohibited. Unless you like us, review us, or subscribe to Bad Hops. Find us at, at Bad Hops Podcast on Instagram and everywhere else. Because like Jay-Z says, they say it's celestial, it's all in the stars, like Tony LaRussa on how you play your cards. I have nothing to add to that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to be silent. Shouting out Tony LaRussa, not a good look. Yeah, I wonder if he'll still be manager by the time <laughs> we post this episode. Yeah.